Hey Sims, welcome back to the podcast. So glad you could be here with us. Um, this is a very interesting uh, day. Uh, I intentionally stayed at work a little bit late because it was a bad storm. And um, thankfully, by the time I got off work, the sun was shining. It's Obviously the ground's a little wet, but... It looks really, really beautiful out, and it's it's like 70 degrees, and it's absolutely perfect right now. So I've got the shades open and letting the natural light come in, and um, I do ask for your prayers. Uh, I do have an appointment with the internet company. I'll go ahead and say it's uh, CenturyLink. And uh, I hope and pray that they will actually not only come out to the neighborhood, but actually come up to my RV and uh, help me get everything set up. I've got a modem. I'm literally looking at it on my desk. But I don't have a phone jack. So they have to hook up a phone jack so that I can have home internet. But um, I thank God for... Uh, fact that we have a, this you know I have a place to live I've unfortunately my air conditioning isn't working but right now at 70 degrees it doesn't really matter I've got a fan blowing on me and um, life is good but um, please pray that we can get that taken care of as well now we ended last week on Romans 5 2 so as I said, we're going to do Romans 5.15, Romans 5.20, and then a couple verses from Romans 6. And then I think we can get through all of these verses in Romans in one show. If not, then we'll just have to do the rest of it next week. Um, I know sometime this weekend I'm going to have to, in my notes, uh, write out the rest of them. I do know this, and I counted them. After we get done with Romans, there's 94 more verses from 1 Corinthians all the way through the rest of the New Testament, just on grace alone. Um, so, um, grace is an important topic in the in the Bible, and that's why we're talking about it. So, if you got your Bible, turn to Romans 5, and uh, we'll start with verse 15. As usual, I will be reading from the English Standard Version. So here we go. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. So... Um... I mean, I'm I'm kind of repeating certain things, but I'm doing it intentionally. I don't want to necessarily be boring, but I, w I want to drive home a couple points. You know, number one, it says here that this is a free gift. Okay, the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ. Salvation is a gift. We didn't earn it. 
We don't deserve it. You may tell your testimony and say how you got invited to church and how you went up front and how you uh, repented of your sins and believed in Jesus. That's all true. But you didn't do it on your own. Uh, I want you to look at Ezekiel 36, 26. And I want you to look in... Um, oh, gosh. I think... Where is it in Jeremiah? I'm thinking out loud, of course. I'm sorry, I'm chasing a rabbit. It's... But this is important enough to to do so. Is it Jeremiah or Isaiah? I know Ezekiel 36 is one of them. There's a couple different um, passages where God promises... Um, Here, I'm going to look up the word spirit. I apologize, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I think this is an important concept. I do know in Ezekiel 36, that's definitely one of them where it talks about uh, how God will put us, uh, take away the spirit, or take away the heart of flesh, and, or heart of stone, and give us a heart of flesh. Um, Isaiah 61.1, that's the passage that Jesus read. Um, I can't find the other one, but the one that I'm thinking of from Ezekiel is Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. He says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be and be careful to obey my rules. So, that has to happen first before um, you repent and believe. Actually, let's look up the word heart. Bet you I can find the other one. It's in, it's in either Isaiah or Jeremiah. Looking here, using my Takarta app, looking up the word heart. First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Isaiah. Maybe it was Jeremiah.
Oh yeah, here it is. Um, Jeremiah 32, starting in verse 38. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and for the good of the children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant, and I will not turn away from doing good to them, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts and they may, that they may not turn from me. So, it's talking about giving us a new heart. And that has to happen before you can repent and believe. So let's go back talking about grace. Romans 5, verse 20. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now Romans 6 goes on to talk about how, you know, just... Does that mean we can just go ahead and sin because we're going to be forgiven by by grace? And that's where I want to go next is verse 1 and verse 4 of Romans 6, which says, Shall we say then, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2, By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? And in verse 4 it says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. Rose. Huh. Huh. I don't know why I put put in my notes. It says, for you are not under law, but under grace. That's not verse 4. Mm -hmm. well, I put something wrong down in my notes. I apologize. Anyway. Let's move on to verse 15. It says, What then are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? It's the same concept that's in verse 1. He says, By no means. What he's, what he's saying here is that you just strive to try to please God in everything you say and everything you do. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. And if you get off track and you mess up, that's when you ask for forgiveness and God will get you back on track. You're striving to please God. You're not going to do it perfectly. But don't live in fear because you're not under law, but you're under grace. So... I mean, heck, the best baseball players in the world only hit the ball one out of three times. If you're in the major leagues and you can, if you're in major league baseball and you can hit the ball one out of three times consistently in a 160 game season, you're going to be making $20, 30000000 million a year. That's just one out of three. The longer you go on, 
Now, I don't believe, Wesley believed you could actually reach a state to where you're no longer sinning at all. On this side of the on this side of heaven, I I can't agree with that. I do believe uh, there was one Bible teacher a long time ago, um, who unfortunately has kind of fallen off the wagon. But I there's one thing he said a long time ago. He said Christians aren't sinless. Christians. How do you say it? He said, we are not sinless, but by God's grace we sin less. We sin less than we used to. And every day as we submit our lives to God, because really it's about submitting areas to God and allowing God to take more and more control of our life. Um, We're not going to be perfect um, but um, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to sit there and keep score. You know that's under the law. Under grace means you just focus on on Jesus. You focus on tr- on b- trying to become more and more like Him, and as and you just okay, God, show me something, and I need to grow in today. Help me to be a little bit more like Jesus each and every day. And as you pray those prayers, God will show you areas that you need to work on. And you say, okay, God, I struggle in this area. Help me to to be more like Jesus in this area. And and as you, as you give more and more areas of your life to God, you're going to grow. You're going to find yourself being more patient. You're going to find yourself being more kind. Um, so, all right, let's flip over to Romans 11, verse 5 through 6. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace would no longer be grace. We are chosen by grace. And remember, Paul is writing a letter to the Christians there in Rome. This is first century. This is way before um, Constantine and them making, not only um, making Christianity legal, but soon, you know, he realized that if I become a Christian and we make this um, state religion and try to unify everybody under the banner of the cross um, he can maintain control and that's not this is way before that we're talking first century these are Christians that are meeting in house churches and Paul is saying that at this present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. Um, these are people who are having to hide, but they're believers and they were chosen. 
Now, we don't like the idea that we don't choose. We think, well, well, I, I, I got invited to church, I heard the gospel, and I chose to go forward. Yes, but only after you were given a new heart. Ultimately, God chose you. Because the bottom line is, God has to initiate the relationship. 1 John 4.10 tells us that, that we didn't love God first, He did. God loved us first and gave his son for us. It's, salvation is God's idea. Hey, you know, I, I don't like giving my testimony. You know, I, I have to be very careful not to say, well, I got saved. You know, it's like, you know, God reached down from heaven and took this very perverted young man and made him new. Uh, I was quite a pervert in high school. My, You couldn't tell on the outside, but my thoughts... I had one goal in mind, and that was to lose my virginity. And that was all I thought about. Anyway. But we're chosen. If you don't like the, the doctrine of unconditional election... Sorry, it's it, you can go back and, and listen to my uh my five week series on the the doctrines of grace. Uh total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. So Romans twelve. We're gonna read verse three. And this right here, I think, perfectly illustrates why I truly I, I truly enjoy being a reformed Christian. Because um oh yeah, um fighting for the faith. There's a show on the internet. Uh if you look up Fighting for the Faith or Pirate Christian Radio online, you'll find Pastor Chris Roseboro. Um, and he, I love the way he introduces himself on his YouTube channel. He always says, uh, Hi, I'm uh, Chris Roseboro, your servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he doesn't introduce himself as a pastor. He doesn't introduce himself as a theologian. He introduces himself as a servant. And he's, from what I can tell, I mean, I've never met him in person. He seems to be a very humble person. Now, I've met Dr. James White in person. Dr. James R. White, not me. The, the gentleman who's a theologian and he lives in Phoenix, Arizona. I got to audit one of his classes in February. That guy is humble. And if there's an area that he just is not an expert in, he'll just flat out tell you, I am not an expert in this area. And um, anyway, talking about humility, let's look at verse 3 and see what it says. 
It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So grace motivates us to be humble. We're told here to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now that doesn't mean you walk around saying, I'm just a worthless piece of scum. I, I'm worthless. I'm, I can't do anything. I, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying here is you're acknowledging that the gifts, talents, and abilities that you have, that those were given to you by God. And the only reason you're doing what you're doing is by the grace of God. Now, I've told people before that in high school I had two main gifts. Public speaking and typing. That's it. Didn't make you the real cool kid, and I can I guarantee you that. But, when it came time for me to go to college, after I served some time in the military... Um, I love serving my country. You know, it was really good. Most of the time, there were some sacrifices that I had to make. Sometimes when it wasn't very comfortable. <laughs> but I did what I did because I love my country. But I also wanted the GI Bill. So I got that. Went to college. And I had a summer class. You have to understand, growing up, I wanted to be the athlete. I wanted, and I got an uncle that was six foot four, 270 pounds, played college football, kind of started his family a little bit sooner than they had planned. So he stopped playing football, went and got a job, and he married my aunt. And um, so be it. You know, when, when you're young and full of hormones, sometimes you make mistakes. But he. He owned it, went and got a job, married my aunt, was loyal and faithful to her the rest of his life. My Uncle Ray was a great man, but he was a very big man. I wasn't that big. I didn't get that gift. I didn't get those genes. Then I realized in college, because I had a summer class... And, of course, anybody that's around me for more than five minutes knows that I went to Oklahoma State for college for my undergraduate degree. And in this summer class, I had a defensive tackle in my group, not just in my class, but in my small group. There was a defensive tackle that was like 6'4", 295, and I had a basketball player that was like 6'7", 230. And they both were afraid of speaking in front of the class. So I ended up being the spokesperson for our group. And it was then and there I realized, it's like, wow. I have been given this gift. And it's important. And I should be thankful for the gifts that I have rather than coveting after the gifts that other people have. And I will tell you this. I know a lot of people think of coveting as and being you know, jealous of somebody else's material possessions. But you can covet someone else's gifts. And that's a sin. Because God made you the way you are. 
and God gave you certain gifts, talents, and abilities. Now, for example, my brother is extremely good with making things out of wood. He builds these wooden cabinets for people's kitchens, and he does a fantastic job. I'm not very good with tools. I can do basics. I can actually change the oil in my car. That's about the extent. Actually, I, I know how to... Um, I know how to gap spark plugs. Now, a lot of them come pre-gapped now, but you get that little round thing that's got the... And you look up the... The gap has to be a certain amount based upon what kind of car you have. You have to look it up, and then you, you stick this little... looks like a giant coin, but it's got different notches on the outside of it, and you stick it in there, and then it gaps the spark plug to the... This, you want the the base and then the part that comes out and it, to be so far apart. So that way it gives the optimum spark to when the cylinder compresses the fuel air mixture and then it'll burn it properly. Anyway, I can do that. I can do some basic stuff with cars. I am not a mechanic. But I can ex teach and I can speak. So I thank God for the gifts I have. And um, I recognize, based upon Romans 12.3, that yes, I have certain gifts, but I also need other people in my life who have other gifts. And that's how the body of Christ is built. Is built. There's lots of different people with lots of different gifts, and when you put them all together, it makes something really, really special. Now, verse 6 says the same thing. It says um, that we are given gifts by God's grace. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in a proportion to our faith, let me read verse 7 and 8 as well. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, that would be me, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we are given certain gifts by the grace of God, and we're supposed to use them to be a blessing to other people. Now, understand, I heard a preacher out of Dallas, the Dallas area, talk about don't think that you have to have the gift of giving to give on a regular basis. We are all supposed to give as an act of worship. Um, I don't know about you, but I also like it when the lights are on and the air conditioning works at church. But we give as an act of worship. Now, the gift of giving doesn't mean, and I'm stealing this analogy from a particular minister out of the Dallas area. Actually, his main church is in the South Lake area. And I remember hearing him talk, and he said that, you know, the gift of giving doesn't mean you're going to walk by the offering box as you leave the sanctuary and... 
uh, a dollar bill is going to jump out of your wallet and jump into the box. That's not what it means. Now, you can, a lot of, you know, this is the 21st century we can give electronically. And I would encourage you to do this. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying, God put this on my heart. And it's not like I hear some booming audible voice. I believe God speaks to us through our conscience. That the day I get paid, the first thing I do needs to be to go online and give my offering. That way I'm truly giving God my first fruits. Now, I also give some to Dr. White and Alpha and Omega Ministries for their traveling ministry because he uh, he is one of those folks that believes that this whole mask mandate thing is, is a bunch of hooey. And he's, you know, I love the guy like, like a brother, seriously. Him and I don't see eye to eye on this matter. I just simply told him on Twitter that let me be the guinea pig. I'll get the shot, and if there's something bad going to happen to me, then let it happen to me. But I've been both both the regular shots and then the booster and then the second booster. And I'm doing okay. So... Anyway, I, I say all that to say that I love Dr. White, but this is, you know, as far as the vaccine, that's one area where we agree to disagree. But because of the mask mandate on planes and because of all of the restrictions on on airplanes, uh, he prayed about it. He got an RV that's very similar to the one that I am currently in now, uh, except Dr. White also has a 2500 uh, GMC that can haul his fifth wheel and that's how he travels uh if you notice on uh alpha and omega ministries on youtube if you look at some of the their the dividing lines that he does that's the name of his show uh you'll see him inside of his rv on some of his recent shows he did a trip all, going from arizona all the way up to idaho and back I say all that to say that his is one of the ministries that I give to on a regular basis. So after I give my offering to my church, I'll go to AOMIN.org, Alpha and Omega Ministries, and I will give money to their travel fund. Because... Dr. White is doing what I hope to do in the future, and that is he's traveling, he travels the country, and he teaches the Bible, and he builds up the body, and he's equipping the saints. And that's what I hope to do online, and that's what I hope to do one day as, as I travel. And we're already over 30 minutes, so do I keep going? All right, I, 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 I'm going to apologize ahead of time. There's only two more verses in Romans 
So let's go ahead and do those two, and then next week we'll start in 1 Corinthians. So apologize that I went over. Sometimes I get a little long-winded. And uh, so we will... Um, Romans 15, 15. So we'll try to do this as quickly as we can without sacrificing quality, and then we'll be good. So Romans 15, 15. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder... Because of the grace of God given to me by God. Oh, sorry. It says, because of the grace given me by God. Now, what does that grace specifically to Paul mean? Verse 16, it says, To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So by the grace of God, he is made a minister to the Gentiles. Now here he says, some points I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder. Just because we are ministering by grace and not by law doesn't mean that we aren't bold in some points. And sometimes we have to, as much as we love some people, we need to be bold and we need to say, hey, this is not healthy. This is not, this is, if you stay on this path, you're going to destroy yourself. And you have to be almost, I would say, blunt. And say, I love you, I care about you, but your, this behavior, especially if you're dealing with somebody who's struggling with drug or al alcoholism, and say, this is this is good. this is going to kill you, you know. And it's not because you hate them; it's because you love them, and you want to inspire them to live a healthier life. So, one more, Romans sixteen verse twenty says. Now he's wrapping up the the letter. And it says, the God of peace soon crush Satan under your feet. Will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So he's he's wrapping up the letter and he's starting to say the closing of the letter. And Paul typically starts off his letters by saying something about the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And he'll close the letters by saying that as well. And he's in the. It take, of course, it took him a couple verses to get to that point. Um, and um, so, that's basically verse twenty. Is is he's starting to close the letter? And remember, a lot of times Paul would be dictating and saying aloud what he's almost like preaching. But not quite. It's a little different. And there'll be somebody there dictating what he's saying. And writing it out on a parchment. So I want to close with verse 25. Which says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages. I say this because I share... Biblical verses every week. 
Because my hope is that God will strengthen you and that you will grow in your faith. So that is my hope and prayer for you. Uh, please continue to pray that the, not only this um, channel on um, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify grows, uh, but also please pray that the YouTube channel grows as well. So love you guys, and I will Saturday be making a video. Whether the internet gets installed tomorrow or not, I'll be making a video. I praise God that I got some kind of update on my phone, and now um, I have 5G even here out in the country. And then I discovered as I drove into Colleen and then into Temple when I got to work that when I get into, t into town that I have 5G... UC, and that's supposed to stand for ultra capacity. That's like the medium version of 5G. Uh, and it is faster than the 5G out here in the boonies. But the fact that I have 5G out here in the boonies, I praise God for that as well. So, love you guys, and uh, please keep this channel in your prayers. And I'll see you Saturday on the YouTube channel. Until then, have a great night.